When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and today I am joined for the first time this season uh, by a frequent guest, Randy Dumalek. What's up, Randy? What's up, Patrick? Good to hear from you. Excited to be here. Not so excited for the next game, but but let's get into it, man. Oh, well, I'm excited for the next game because you just want to put the the bad games and they're collecting the bad games behind you. Okay. And uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I I, I hear what uh, what you mean. Um, so, you know, uh, this this team, <laughs> they, they, they had a, one of the worst losses I've seen in their uh uh, I guess technically this is still the dynasty, right? As long as the core is still intact. <laughs> um, but I mean, like real quick, what were your impressions just of, of that game? Quick thoughts, man. I, I just wish it ended after halftime, you know, like even, even before <laughs> halftime, you know, they, it was a 24 point lead or something and it, it they cut it down to 17 at half. And I don't know, you could tell that you just couldn't get too comfortable in the second half. And I was, looking at stats after the game it was the first time i think in either for that or for the warriors or for for a team in general that they committed 20 plus turnovers and gave up 40 40 or more foul shots which is like obviously not good <laughs> so just too many fouls too many um bad possessions on offense the turnovers are still there kind of careless with the ball but you know on the other hand there were other things you could try and be encouraged about right like moody looked really good um Steph is still Steph it, it pretty much ends there but Moody is still <laughs> Moody is cool it's fun to watch Moody well how did how did Clay and Wiggins what, what were your thoughts on them 
in uh, in that game because you know they both got into the twenties. No, yeah, it was it was a really good I think first three quarters for them. Wiggins I think is probably the best game he's played all year. I think he ended up with like twenty nine. Um, he was super physical. He had some n ones. He wasn't just settling for you know his rhythm middle you know midi or the or the pull up three. Um, was playing as good a defense as you could on Fox. I mean, Fox is going to get around pretty much anyone, right? Uh, and I mean, with Clay, it was like there there are other areas of his game. Everyone wants to get on a shooting, right? But I think he's been an average to even above average passer for you know his standard at least this season. He's found a couple good kind of reads per game. He's one of the only guys that gets Looney involved, but. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's hard to see him struggle on the defensive end and then want to make that up so bad and and try and take, you know, a quick shot or sort of a heat check on offense. Um, still a, a better game than than he's been playing, but, uh, you know, still searching, I'd, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, like there's all this chatter post game and that loss and, uh, you know, Moody, he was going off in the fourth quarter. And then Kerr subbed him out for Wiggins. But a lot of the chatter is that, uh, you know, he should have left Moody in and maybe taken out Clay. Uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on all that stuff? Um, yeah, no, it was it was however, however long was left, two minutes, three minutes. Um, as soon as you saw um, someone coming off the bench, you almost knew it was um, Moody coming out and not. I mean, it could have even been Looney. You know, the Kings were playing small for a majority of their comeback and, and, you know, all their guys made plays. They were trying to push the pace. Um, Looney is as great as he is at, you know, filling in all these holes that the Warriors have, like is probably not, you know, at least for this, that version, that lineup for the Kings, probably not the guy. I mean, you could have easily put Draymond at the five and kept Moody out there, put Wiggins back in for defense. Uh, and it's, you know, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. So I <laughs> not sure if I agree with, you know, just kind of hard-headed sticking to the vets no matter what. But, you know, but at least in that game, in that situation, I, I would have kept him in. I think that's kind of the sentiment that everyone shares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how are you feeling about Clay right now? We all know uh, that last season he didn't come in uh, to camp in shape. He hadn't played all year. I get that, you know. Uh, uh, but this year he was supposed to be in shape. He looked great, quote-unquote from uh, so many people said that in the off season coming into camp and you know, like, do you think it is a contract year, right? Like, right. do you think, I mean, what do you think Kerr should do with him? There's people who are obviously chirping that, you know, he should uh, get on the bench uh, right. or play reduced minutes or whatever. And there was that, what that, that clip that went around. I think Kawakami asked, uh, asked him during a presser, a couple right. days ago about uh, Stur, uh, Stur, uh, Steve Kerr sticking with the vets. I mean, what would you do if you were Kerr with Will Clay Thompson right now? I mean, without changing the minutes, I would probably, you know, if, if they were going to keep the same rotation, keep him in the starting lineup. I think that just in terms of how he's playing, I, he's doing a little too much dribbling. He's never been too much of like an off the dribble guy. Um, I mean, he's, been more of a post-up guy i think that's something he could get to more often against you know players he has a physical advantage over but even in today's game where he's guarding threes and fours like um 
it's hard to ask him to not be so involved with the offense or not to take the type of shots that he takes because I don't know. It's like, you're at a weird point where it's like, Oh, those are, those are clay shots, but you're seeing like the type of shot that Steph takes and the type of shot that clay takes, you know, they used to be relatively on the same, or at least, you know, Steph I think has the edge with the, the dribble stuff and fadeaways, whatever, but you know, when they would take the splash brother type of shot, you kind of had the same feeling, but in the past few years, you know, I think Steph has continued that and clay, you're never quite as sure anymore. It's, it feels different when he takes kind of that early heat check or that he's really, you can tell he's really pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched a YouTube video of uh, clay in 2018, 2019. And I mean, obviously he was younger. There's pre-injuries. And I said, I've said many times on this uh, show that when he got hurt, um, I mean, he was really coming into his own in that in that uh, season. He's trying to become an all-around player. I, I thought he was like turning into like Paul George Light because he was taken to the rack more, and uh, and that team was just damn good. I right. mean, KD obviously opens up a lot more than uh, than uh, Andrew Wiggins does, but you know you could see that with Clay. And I think I said this last week, and still kind of. I mean, it's it's true for me is. Clay keeps chasing like who he was back then. And I have a group text with some Warriors fans. And I said this because when he came back, right, I think a lot of people, uh, I know I said this, but a lot of folks had the sentiment that like the greatest fear when he came back was that he would just be like Kyle Korver. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, that all he would be would like a spot up shooter. And as he's aging, it's like, Oh, maybe he should just be Kyle Korver <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, uh, and stick it out there um, and not try to do too much off, uh, off the bounce. But it's tough because like he internalizes so much of this. And I mean, these guys like the core and Kerr, they've been through so much. Um, and this idea that Kerr sticks with his vets a lot. I mean, do you, do you buy that? And uh, do you take any issue with it? I think, you know, right now they're, they're eight and 10, you know, every team is going to lose 10 games. Every team is going to have sort of losing streaks, maybe not lose five or six. They lost six straight, but I mean, I right now for me as a fan, like it's it's early enough in the season to stick with the starting lineup, but it's it's late enough to really start thinking about, you know, a shift, right? Like whether that's in the next five games, the next 10 games, I don't know if you put a number on, oh, if we go six and four or seven, you know, I don't know about that. But um, out of all the seasons that Kerr's been coached, I think now is probably the, you know, the most timely time, you know, situation. To, to make a starting lineup change. Cause it's always been relatively easy to, to throw out who you want. I mean, you go small sometimes and there's a few different starting lineups they use with injuries and whatnot, but you know, right now is probably the most gray area you've had in terms of who's starting on the wings, who can you throw out there? Like, yeah, like early on, I would get a lot of YouTube comments uh, about, Wiggins and and Clay and I would be like, hey, let's uh, check in quarter, quarter way through the season. So, uh, eighteen games, two more technically till the quarter, more or less. And, uh, you know, they're starting to shake loose a little bit. But I mean, I think that's the thing. You got to at a certain point, you see who they are, where they are this season, and then you have to, 
you know, that's where Kerr has to like be better and not be so quote unquote loyal stubbornly uh, to his vets. You know what I mean? Like I get that he's trying to like, Oh, it'll be great to win with these guys. They really need this kind of win and to, you know, right. play needs this and Wiggins needs this. He's had such a good game uh, and whatnot, but then, you know, that cost him, right? Of course, Kerr is not on the court, but like that hot hand was that hot hand, you know what I mean? And you needed right. that win. I was hoping since last week, since the last episode, I was like, oh, you know, you want them to go two and one. Well, they went one and two, you know, and uh, that's no good, right? Like that's right. They're continuing those trends. And now Draymond's back, but also Draymond, uh, Draymond's back. But then you lose like Chris Paul and then you lose Gary Payton the second. And if Gary Payton the second is going to get an MRI, he had a calf issue. We know from uh, experience that calves are very scary, right? Like whether it was, uh, you know, KD and his Achilles or Draymond and his back. Uh, so, like, he'll probably be out for a while because he just seems like a guy who, when he gets hurt, he's out, you know, for a right. minute. And then Chris Paul is like 450 years old. And <laughs> beginning of the season, we were optimistic because it's like, okay, you know, it's like the asterisk is always like health permitting, right? It's right, like, right. Uh, it's, it's the, uh, disclaimer it's like when you're on a wheel of fortune and they give you those letters for free in the final round it's like that's the health thing <laughs> you know it's like health it should spell health and uh this is where it could get rough right because i was like when they're whole again and after they get their sea legs under them get into a rhythm they haven't really gotten their sea legs under them and they're not going to be whole for a while so i mean uh what this was almost expected but not all at not in this kind of all at once type thing you know what i mean it was like oh, okay maybe cp misses a few games right uh, or maybe somebody goes out but like them going out and then you know some of their starters not playing well uh you know it's it's, it's uh it's a little iffy because then you look at the bench and it's like okay moody looks ready kaminga i mean you know, there's there's some funny chatter like back and forth uh, amongst Warriors fans about what should happen to to, to Kaminga. But like, uh, you know, where do you see this team going in the next like month? Yeah, I think that, you know, you it's one of those seasons where like you you start off relatively well, six and two and you blink and you're eight and ten. Right. Draymond got suspended for five games. It's like you almost pause, you suspend your judgment of kind of the group as a large as those games play out, you go two and three um, over the next month. I mean, depending on how much time Gary Payton misses, whether Chris Paul is out for an extended period. I, I what I hope to see is they play more of Pajemski and more of Moody, you know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. you're almost Kerr's hand is almost being forced at this point. Um, whether, you know, and that's kind of just the situation at hand, right? You hope that Kuminga, um, I think he's one of the only guys who actually puts some pressure on the rim. You know, a lot of guys settle for jumpers and that's, you know, just sort of been the, the norm on this team. But if Kuminga is getting to the line and getting, you know, going downhill, at least I, I can live with him taking the occasional jumper or, or, you know, getting I don't know, cooked on defense. I think he's, you know, doing more good than bad. It's certainly wouldn't pin too much on, on him. It's almost like Kerr hasn't allowed him to be out there long enough to like have a have a major negative impact. It's like he, he's looked at least interesting in the minutes he's played. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. Like that's 
my perspective on um, on Kaminga in the sense that uh, <laughs> after he got drafted, I said on this podcast, I think he'll be the Warriors' best player in like uh, four years, and that was uh, that was twenty twenty one, and <laughs> you know, like he's he's turning into. Uh, uh, you know, one of those players where it's just like, it's either trade him or play him. You know what I mean? It's like people like play him. He's really good or trade him. He's, he's no good. He stinks. You know what I mean? But the thing that bugs me about like this, this curse stuff is that, I mean, all last season, it was all, you know, let's, let's do what the vets want. Uh, you know, that like all the blame went on to the youngsters for the season uh during the season afterwards then when they, when they admitted that you know the draymond punch thing affected them more than they claimed but like uh you know it's when wiggins was out last year with his uh, personal issue and then when um you know peyton was recovering from his his, his injury it's like kaminga was really dang good right he was kind of <laughs> lights out for a while and as soon as those guys got healthier Wiggins came back it was like you know back to the bench you know what I mean and so like uh to some extent I understand getting those guys back into the flow you need Wiggins he was your second best player of the year before when you won the finals and and Gary Payton needs to get into the flow of things but uh he he totally just killed uh Kaminga's like groove and probably some of his confidence and then all anybody ever talked about last season was Kaminga pouting you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, like any of these competitors, I mean, if you put Draymond in that position, if he had like gone through a coming, did, Oh, he'd be pouting if he was like a, a, a 21 year old, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, or a 20 year old at the time. So, you know, that I think Kerr does have to take some legit criticism for that because, you know, you watch them play, you, you know, the barometer for some of these young guys is uh when they play other teams who have rebuilt and have drafted in the past uh, drafted in the lottery the past few years and then you see them play okc you see them play cleveland uh some guys on on minnesota and these guys are just like a step behind you know what Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) and it's not because they're like totally less talented it's you know because they haven't been able to play and i think if there's a failure this season, who knows? It's early, like you say. But um, ultimately, it might be like they just didn't get the young guys ready enough uh, when, uh, and, you know, and rode out with, like, the, the vets uh, mm-hmm. longer than they uh, should have. Somebody was saying to me uh, last week that, you know, they should do the Bill Walsh thing, right? Like, which is like, you know, if you don't remember, or if that was before your time, he would, like, get off of players early right and that's smart but that's not gonna that wasn't gonna happen here you know what right. i mean they're not gonna move these guys the people can have their opinions but you know that's why uh i mean they're not in the front office so um i don't know it's just it's just one of those things um ultimately i always say hey they got to win 16 games come uh you know whatever may june right. whenever the playoffs start and get healthy and whole if that means coming from the fourth seed sure third great but, um, you know, I think now's the time. It's quarter, almost quarter way through the season, you know, to make those adjustments or else it's just going to be um, be rough. But I agree with you. I, I think pods and uh, 
and Moody. I mean, they have to play, especially if if CP and um and Peyton are out, right? Just guard yeah. for guard. I mean, and oh. even looking down further on the depth, you know, the depth chart, um, Trace Jackson Davis in the limited stints that he's had, I think, has looked, you know, more than serviceable, definitely better than the average kind of rookie big um in that backup five spot. I, I know that people are kind of split right now on whether Sharich should be kind of the backup five or whether he's a backup four instead, like just where they, where they are on, on the court. And it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, if Sharich is at the four, then Kamingas slide to the three. And it's like, you know, there's all these different um, combinations you can try out, but um, nothing changes if nothing changes, man. Right. <laughs> like I think, that, <laughs> I think that it's, it's about time, you know, you're eight and 10. It's not, the season's not lost, you know, you're not three nah. and 15, but I think it's you've seen what you've seen from from the group kind of as constructed. And if you have the guys ready to play, I mean, last year it was a matter of like, well, is Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin, Iguodala's out. Like you had three or four spots that like you could count on specifically not contributing. Right. But with right. this season, it's like whether they're rookies or not, like they they want to play and you, you probably need them more at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know these rookies, as as we know, are like way more prepared uh, to play than um, Baldwin uh, or or Rollins, right? Uh, and, in and general, yeah, it's like it's it's hard to see a good young player develop on the Warriors. I mean, Poole did it almost as a circumstance of Clay's injury, right? If Clay was healthy, mm-hmm. there's no way Poole gets the the type of path and kind of runway that he did over the course of a whole season and just kind of a mini rebuild um yeah it's it's hard to watch because you know you i don't know you can't you, you know they can't keep doing what they're doing it's like the formula has to change whether that i'm, I'm not saying fire the coach i'm not saying nah. you know one of these guys you know i'm not saying clay should only get 15 20 minutes a game but like it's what well, something's gotta you gotta at least try something else right yeah yeah and Again, like these injuries might, as you said, force Kerr's hand because he has to play Moody. And if Moody shows out and he continues to show that he deserves playing time, I mean, you're going to have to play him, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, and that's the thing. What's your what's your stance right now on Jonathan Kaminga? What do you uh, are you on the side that play him or move him? I think that when he was drafted, you know, people. Uh, the kind of knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, is he a Steve Kerr player? You know, is it, does he have the IQ? Does he have the, you know, the passing ability, whatever? And you sort of view him as just like, oh, he's just this like super athlete. You know, some people are like, oh, he's like a volleyball player, right? Like jump out the gym, like um, unreal athleticism, but can he play in the Steve Kerr offense? And it's like, at this point, maybe you have to change the Steve Kerr offense a little bit to kind of um, play to some of his strengths and, and cutting and, you know, getting him involved with Chris Paul in the pick and roll. I feel like over the summer, that's like the main, oh, like they're going to save the bench. It's Chris Paul and Kuminga, third year leap. And I've like rarely seen them even interact on the court together um, mm-hmm. while they were both yeah. in the game. So it's like you can keep the same principles of, you know, motion and the passing cut, the low posts, like that's not going to change even if you wanted it to. Like they're just going to default into that at this point. But if you can, like, I'd love to see him get more involved. I don't think he's someone that you look into trading now, but it's, 
he's certainly not in like the right role, you know? So you want mm-hmm. him, you want him to be able to do more. I'd, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, just, uh, going down this train of thought, like, yeah. do you, uh, think that, uh, uh, w- would you want, like, obviously it would take more assets, but would you want like a Siakam? I mean, it's hard to think of. I, I guess the last like midseason splashy move they made was trading D'Lo for Wiggins, if that counts, right? Mm-hmm. In the middle of, mm-hmm. of a fifteen and fifty season, um, mm-hmm. during any of the playoff years, I don't, I can't really remember a huge midseason acquisition or trade. Um, Gary Payton for Wiseman, I guess. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I it's like. <laughs> Injured player for for Wiseman for five second rounders, <laughs> Sadiq Bay for for fifteen minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird to think about them kind of incorporating someone on the fly, but yeah. of all the seasons to do it, this might be the season to to sort of swing for one. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because I, I think that there's still a lot of like collective trauma from last season amongst the fan base. I mean, sports fans. Warriors fans, whomever, there's always like this hand wringing and like if you live and die and, and whatnot and, and every knee jerk reaction, uh, like what have you done for me lately, recency bias, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think like the hope and optimism, it's like, oh, no, it's happening again. right? Like, uh, as you said, they're eight and ten. And I think um, it's funny to me because like uh, this is the kind of like uh, freak out you grew up with. Uh, if if yeah. if you were a fan when I was a fan, right? It's like just being like, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, it's going to be a terrible draft pick. And uh, now we're seeing uh, a little bit of that. But like, yeah, I mean, it's early. It's a it's a rough product, but they look good yesterday up until a certain point. I think Curtis has to make some uh, uh, clear decisions, some honest decisions, and uh, uh, be honest with himself and his guys, and be like, all right, you know. I got to put us in the best position uh, to win. And you could say that with the lead that they had, they should have closed that game, plain and simple. Like this was a game that they always would close until last year, right? Skip right. the lost year of 15 and whatever. Yeah. So, you know, like that's, that's what it, what is that? I mean, a five point lead in like in less than a minute, that's, that's good as gold, right? Because like there's a formula for that, right? You right. play hard defense, you get stuff the ball, he gets fouled. That's that's right. how those uh, those those get those things end. But um, you know, uh, but again, also we got to face reality. I mean, we know this, but this never ever ever going to be a world beater team ever again. You know what I mean? Right. Like that. You know, when you, when I went back to watch the 2018 2019 clay highlights, I was like, God. <laughs> that team was so good and the ball moved so quickly and the back cuts were so crisp everything um obviously kd like you know you livingston andre Godala, uh all the vets it's right. um it was it was insane so you know they're dealing with different stuff right now and this is just a function of that like that the old guys are getting older and they didn't bring along the young guys fast enough so try maybe time to change that up a little bit i'm alex rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Real quick, a couple comments. Uh, I think it's pronounced Skybound. What's going on, mate? You see what I was saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he posted a lot on uh, uh, last week's video. and um, Or she. Sorry, I don't know you. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, we're talking about showing up in the past week. So, um, as James Dean fellow, I think this all falls on Kerr for not controlling the team and making bad decisions uh, on the rotations during the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's the coach. He made those calls, and those calls did not work out for him. So even though he wasn't on the court, ultimately, like, uh, you know, your decisions, you have to live with them, and your pattern of decisions uh, are going to be questioned no matter what. That's, uh, as Steve Kerr likes to say, whenever, like, a a player is involved in trade talks, that's part of the job. That's what the money's for, you know? So um, let's see. Uh, In terms of Draymond, I want to talk about him right quick. Um, You know, he said a few days ago when he came back at his press conference, he said that he was, uh, he doesn't take, regret his actions uh, against Rudy Gobert. I mean, uh, you got a vibe on that? You got thoughts on that? I mean, I'm, I wasn't surprised. I mean, when we, you you can't expect him to, to what, come, come out with like an apology video, right? Like he, punched pool last year and made like a mini documentary out of it. Like I'm surprised he didn't, I'm surprised he didn't like lean further into it. Um, no, I'm not surprised with how we handle it. I'm surprised he only got five games. I was kind of bracing for like eight to 10, just, I mean, because of his Draymond, but you know, out of all the players on the team, like he, it was so apparent last night that he's necessary to the, you know, the competitive formula even though they blew the lead and he wasn't part of that, you know, it was rusty. He's getting back into it. He had a really key late fourth quarter turnover. Um, I mean, they look, they were up 24 because of him, right? He was getting Wiggins involved. I mean, clay looked really good for a majority of the game. So it's, it's one of those guys where it's like, you need him on the court. You just like, and you're just going to take him as he is. (laughs) Like I, I've, I've accepted him for the fiery competitive divisive, kind of villain persona that he's worked for in his career. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've said many times that I'm pulling for Dre, uh, obviously between the lines, outside of the lines, I just tune it out at this point. You know, no. I mean, I get like, he's, he's speaking to Rudy Gobert and the comments that Gobert made after the fact, right. The fact mm-hmm. that like call him a clown show or whatever it was and saying, you know, uh, terrible chokehold or whatever so uh i mean it is what it is like but it's also just like okay if you're gonna play the heel uh the rest of your career then i guess just might as well lean into that but like you know the idea that um uh when he's talking about how like he is not he's getting penalized for old stuff 
I mean, that was, I would argue, uh, I would agree with him previously. Right. But like right now it's like, it's hard to, um, uh, to really agree with that. Right. Because the league can do what they want, uh, what it wants and legit, like, you know, he didn't get enough of a punishment last year for smacking pool. Uh, so they just levied a little bit more on him. And the whole point of increased punishment is because you continue to, <laughs> to act up on stuff, you know what I mean? But right. it is what it is. And I, he's, he is who he is. I, I think I've said this before that the whole, like, Oh, I play with fire. It's what got me here, but it's like, dude, man, like we all got fire, but you know, we got to do our jobs and stay on the court. You know what I mean? Like after all these years, and she figured it out yet. But, but, um, you know, I will also say he had some, some quote, I don't have it verbatim, but like he would said something about he will always protect the teammate. And I think yeah. anyone who read that line or heard that line was like, huh? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a teammate without the initials JP. <laughs> um, I, I thought that was uh, uh, hilarious, but you know, it is what it is. I just don't want him to get these texts, and I want him to help the team uh, win for uh, from you know opening tip until the final buzzer. Not necessarily like for three quarters and then get a tech, whether or not it's a questionable tech. Uh, but uh, it uh, it is what it is. Um, let's see. Uh, so only how concerned was that? <laughs> the only Draymond's man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let me ask you, on, on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, uh, how worried are you right now? Um, I would say like a solid 6.5. You know, if 10 is like okay. higher Kerr, Trey Kuminga, Bench Clay, <laughs> like if that's like the full um, – other side of the spectrum and zero is like it's just early season vibes they're shaking the rust off like i don't think anyone feels that way but i would yeah six and a half seven um you'd have to lose you know you'd have to have a couple more really bad losses but you've had a few yeah. <laughs> it's it's enough to start some type of preliminary you know alarm or signal some type of change so yeah 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 i i think like um Again, it depends on if there's any adjustments coming up. Uh, uh, because I'll be honest, like my feel right now is like, okay, this is some of the same stuff we've seen, right? We thought it was all different. Mm -hmm. And there is obviously some uh, some different stuff, some good different stuff, but it's like, okay, they're slugging it out, slogging it out with the same thing right now. And what adjustments can Kerr make? And that's what I'm hoping for. That's what, I guess, if I had to go uh, scale of one to 10, um, I would I would put it on a five with an asterisk saying, like, let's see what the rotations are and how long Gary Payton's out. Um, just because if he's out and if CP has something kind of lingering, right. then all the like oh yeah they figured out um how to reduce turnovers by having chris paul and they don't have jordan Poole anymore running the second uh unit and you know throw, you know a ton of assists all that stuff that that's out the that's out the door you know what i mean um but uh yeah we'll see i mean uh, I, it's a long season as as i've always said but even last season i was like well let's let's get to 20 games 
you right. know and uh uh but at least last season the 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 vibes were um uh way worse way <laughs> uh different uh let me see uh got a couple comments here uh hp says I want the team to reset with a new coach and trade everyone besides Draymond and Steph. That is a true Warriors fan <laughs> through and through. Yeah. Uh, and then continues to say, go for one last push for his hell by trading future first round picks. I don't trust this front office to pick good talent now. I disagree with that because I give Mike Dunleavy the bend for the doubt because he moved Poole. He moved Poole's contract. He got Chris Paul who has worked. We knew he was going to get hurt at some point. It just depends right. on how long Chris Paul's contract is very malleable. Uh, you get rid of him uh, really easily. And his draft picks of uh, uh, Chris Jackson Davis and Brandon Pajemski have been really impressive for uh, where they were drafts drafted. So I will uh, take issue uh, with that. Uh, Jay Carey says LTMFB. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, uh, but thanks anyway. And then Black Eddie says, when are we calling out the coaching staff? Kerr has a dozen assists. I mean, we're continually, continuously getting out coached. How many three-guard line of disasters does it take to get through your thick head? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's we, – we do think that. Like, there are um, ways that Kerr has always coached his team, and he continues to yeah. do so. Uh, I think – throughout this episode, this podcast, like we've talked about how Kerr needs to make some adjustments and he's going to be forced to because he's going to be missing two of his uh, favorite subs with Chris Paul and Gary Payton. So yeah, you have to change things up, but also you got to look at the personnel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look at the personnel and uh, you know uh, what bigger dudes are you going to put out there. I say play Kaminga some more, uh, you know, we'll see. Cause I thought this team was built more for the old head teams like the Clippers, like the Suns, like the Lakers. And that's why they got roasted by the younger teams because they're just too long, too fast and unafraid. And that's the thing. I think a lot of teams are unafraid of the Warriors at this point. You know what I mean? So, oh, a few more comments here. Um, I'd say we just need to keep the team we have and had the best of luck. It's true. I might look into training Kaminga or, or Moody for win now moves, but I'm not in panic mode yet. I'm not in panic mode either. I'm just like, come, I'm just like tired of this mediocrity, to be honest. Right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, let's see, Draymond's antics are costing the team. This is Black Eddie again. He just doesn't get in, get it honestly. I see him flaming out like Robin Dude is paper. He might, he might, you know. Uh, light the MFB. <laughs> yeah, light that beam. Uh, the, the, the Kings won. You all deserve that. So the Kings are one of my, uh, I think, I think I said last year, if the Kings, if the Warriors, got eliminated in the playoffs i would be pulling for the kings so no no hate there um let me ask you randy um uh as we get to the quarter season mark um what are some of your <laughs> not to be too negative your biggest disappointments so far <laughs> <laughs> um oh man well okay i i think that you can start just with the starting lineup, you know, I'd, I'd say that, you know, it's supposed to be the best one in the league. You had this, you know, positive net rating, whatever, two years ago. And what is it now? For, Jeez. I, anyway, I don't want to know for, for whatever reason, right. It's, it's not working this year and they have taken some time, you know, some people are like, Oh, Wiggins missed some time to come into camp or clay is in a contract year. It's weighing on clay. Like, you know, regardless, like it, you, you got to put out, um, a competitive 
group of five guys. Like, and it's, it's funny because I feel like the way that this season started and the way that last season started might've been, might be the average now, you know, like you might just have to slog your way through the regular season as Steph, you know, goes out gracefully and goes out through his late prime. But you think about that 18 and two start to uh, 2021, 22. That was when Clay was still hurt. You know, pool was starting. Maybe you put Moody in a spot like that now and and see what happens. Like, um, it's it's gonna look different. It should look different. I I, I would like it to please look different. <laughs> like, it's it's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what would be? Uh, I kind of kind of asked you this, but I'm gonna ask you definitively. What yeah. would be the move you would make right now? Like in terms of uh, you know rotations, um, I, for me it's get Moody into the starting lineup, you know, and and not permanently, but like give him five to ten games, you know, of just seeing different matchups, seeing different opponents. Whether that means you you bench Looney if you really don't want to take Clay out of there, I mean, whether that means you try out a few games with Clay coming off the bench, I think it's it's you get Moody into that starting lineup as any way he gets any way you can. Um, yeah. Because I just think he's too, too consistent too you know, reliable to, to pass up at, at this point, you know, you look at how he played in the fourth quarter came in with like zero, no run prior in the game, barely. Right. He comes in, gets a dunk. He hits those two threes. He's been getting deflections all year. Like, I think that he's more than earned, you know, at least a, quality look in the starting lineup and not just spot start or not just because GP two is injured. Like he, he should be there. And then um, let me ask you uh, on the positive side, what yeah. um, have been some pleasant surprises for you? Um, I would say the first one would be, would be Dario. I mean, I was coming in, you, you sort of had that blueprint of auto Porter, Bielitsa, like, just come in and shoot some threes, man. Like uh, you're You're tall. You're going to be op- pretty open. Um, and he's, I think he's done that and more. Like I, I didn't realize he had so much kind of, I wouldn't call it deceptive athleticism, but it's just like kind of sneaky handle, you know, attacking other bigs uh, from the perimeter. You know, he has that behind the back. He loves to get to he's driven and, and had some really nifty finishes around the basket. So definitely more than just, you know, the stretch big kind of archetype that um, maybe you thought when he was coming in, that's one of them. I'd say that both rookies together, I mean, you, you drafted, you know, more experienced three or four year guys, but even at that, like it's, it's hard for them to come in and, and make the impact that they have. It's not like they've had consistent opportunities, but in, you know, the time that they've been allotted, I think, Pajemski and, and TJD have both looked like they need, they need more, more minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that covers like what I would have uh, said. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> by saying all the, the starters, it's uh, uh, it was so promising at the beginning of the season. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, the starters will, they'll, they'll get there. They'll get yeah. Cause there, it was but... like, they figured out the bench and the starters are already starters, but now it's like, okay, the bench like looks really good. And the starters are like, you know, where you at? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's and, and, now, and, and now the bench is missing, uh, gonna miss at least for a little bit a couple of guys, right? Like, like the two, uh, as we said, Peyton and um, and CP. Um, do you think that 
<laughs> a couple people here. Let's see. Uh, I would not want to get rid of CP3. He's been great. If we can get a trade for a score, come off the bench, it would be golden to help us. We are deep but fragile. And then the issue is you can't take Clay out because it'll be very hard. So much chemistry will be destroyed. I, I, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Because there's so many emo feelings involved right now. And yeah, it's like uh, he's still getting paid. I, I, 40 million this year. It's like, what does that do to someone to be making $40 million and to be playing behind this third? Yeah. Guy? Like, yeah. And to be, and to be like trying to get that next contract and to see your, you know, to see, you know, Draymond still being Draymond more or less. And then Steph really still extending his prime uh, amazingly. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that is a big question. Like, a long time ago, before he got injured, I always imagined Clay would end up being kind of like the the Ginobili off the bench guy in his mm-hmm. later years, and uh, he still might be. But like, I feel like because he lost three years or whatever, mm-hmm. two and a half seasons, that he's always going to be like chasing a little bit harder and pressing against like the idea that he's like getting old and feeling old and whatnot. So you know, um, that's uh, that is what it is, but. Do you think <laughs> what? What do you think the record? I, uh, I guess I don't. I didn't calculate the number of uh, games up until the trade deadline. But how bad do you think it would have to get to like move CP three to move Chris Paul? I mean, what are they eight and ten with him? He's has he missed a game yet until he got hurt? Now I'm not. Uh, I don't think. recall. And, and again, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. this because. Uh, I, I dislike what he's doing, but he's just oh, yeah. like that I mean, big contract that you attach, right? I don't know if it's um, moving him specifically, but if you're still kind of hovering at 500 um, at the end of next month, you know, beginning mm-hmm. the new year, it's either time to like completely go with a different starting lineup if, if it hasn't already changed or, you know, make that midseason move that they've never quite tried to swing for right it's always been kind of a stick with your guys ride it out um but i mean you never know right like this this is a different year than they've had so new yeah 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 so in the next week they go let's see uh they get the clippers at home on thursday saturday they get uh they go to la to play the clippers and then they get portland next wednesday um at home so i'm saying again hopefully two and one <laughs> that's 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 what you want out of that you know what i mean uh, um, the game against the games against the clippers are gonna be interesting because they're gonna be down a couple guys and you know i don't believe in the clippers but the clippers are healthy right now so we'll see we'll see what uh what happens a couple more final comments um Kaminga needs 35 minutes a game, not trading him as long as Curtis coaching won't be using the young guys, period. No, I, I feel that sentiment 100%. Um, and then Flair says, also keep in mind our starting schedule schedule is almost absurd. We have played contenders almost every night. That is Clippers true. Three I, times, I, I four agree. games. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, as if you're a longtime fan, you just you, – you, you ride or die with every game, but you also understand there's a – the, the benefit of having these um, uh, four titles and riding with these guys for uh, so many years through a dynasty is like you have doubts, you have questions, but at the end of the day, it's like they just need to get there and win 16, 
not as easy as it used to be, you know what I mean? Even if it's just uh, hypothetical or imagining it, but uh, you know, it's always about being healthy, peaking at the right time. And the key to me, uh, which they did in 2021, 22, which they um, still need to focus on is getting the new guys and young guys ready for the, the bright lights of the playoffs. And um, you know, some of those guys, still need some work and obviously the rookies have never been there before. So uh, I, I'll still say, you know, when the Warriors aren't, when they're relatively healthy, you know, uh, when they aren't shook by some uh, by a preseason punch from one player but uh, to another, it's, um, you know, show me another team that can like take these Warriors like legit. Yeah. The Lakers beat them. Lakers were better last year, but, I mm-hmm. still I'll put an asterisk by that season. Not saying that the Warriors should have won that, um, but like I'll still have faith in these guys going into a series. I'm not gonna say they're the favorites, but uh they always always have a chance. And uh hey, maybe that's what Kerr thought when he put all the old guy, all the vets back in. He's like, We're gonna win, we always have a chance. So, you know. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's one of the only things that you can kind of boast at this point for them is like this delusional self-confidence you know like you've been there four times and no one i mean in the past yeah 10 years like who who else other than you know lebron obviously and anyone yeah, who's yeah. on lebron's and that, team like it's they have so much history together that it, it's hard to see them not coming through but you know yeah and <laughs> at the end of the day it's like uh you know it's steph wants to go down with his guys you know, like that's yeah. why he picked Draymond over the young guys, over Pool, over Wiseman. That's why it's, I mean, obviously it makes sense on the court as well. But then that's why he picked Peyton. You know, that's why he wants Clay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see. Some people believe that uh, Steph will move off those guys, but it's like, Nah, I don't think so. You know, unless something crazy happens and Draymond has gone beyond doing some crazy stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, a couple of things we lost nine out of 11. When do you hit the panic button? I don't know. That's my personality. I ain't panicking. <laughs> like it, it's, it sucks. It's not fun to watch. Uh, um, but uh, also it's just basketball. So I ain't panicking about it. Um, let's see. Flair says he'd hit the button or she, if we lost to bad teams and her, in the plant and by January, at least season we won this season, we won the games we were supposed to, except for the Kings game we just played. Yeah. So um, yeah, my final thoughts are like, it's up to Kerr to make some adjustments. If he doesn't, then uh, he deserves all the criticism he's going to get for that. Your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Yeah. I mean, a quarter through the season, it's, it's going to be a slog. I mean, I, you definitely can't, pencil in a top four or even a top five six seed like you might have to brace yourself for like a a play-in type run and they just got to grind it out like that maybe they just have to embrace this this new you know chapter you know i mean it's never going to be as easy as as it was in 18 19 i mean the years before that um so it just has to look different right it's time to time to change yeah yeah no 100 percent. by the way like every now and then i'll peek in at tyrese halliburton's box score (laughs) and i was talking to (laughs) (laughs) some like he went for 30 and 15 or something like last week i don't know but uh like on the oak warriors discord i was like 
uh, I mentioned that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think somebody said to me, like, yeah, but if he's on the Warriors, if he was drafted by the Warriors instead of Wiseman, uh, Halliburton would still be coming off the bench, right? <laughs> like on this Warriors team right now. And he wouldn't, <laughs> and he, he wouldn't have developed to where he is now. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what happens when you get drafted by uh, a bad team, you know? But um, still, hey, I get going for titles. You got to sacrifice playing time for the young guys. But last season was a lost season. And he kind of, yeah, they made it to the playoffs and they got some development. But, you know, they might not be threading the needle as best as uh, they should have, would have, could have. But anyway, uh, that's all I got for now. So you all find Randy uh, on Twitter at Randum prod um it's on the uh uh youtube channel if you're looking at this um but yeah man thank you for uh coming on uh hopefully next time you come on uh we'll be on like a 14 game winning streak all right y'all thank you for uh to everybody who tuned in and uh yeah that's uh that's it all right well that is another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick e pino or at oakland warriors check out our youtube channel where you can watch this episode youtube.com slash oakland warriors check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Go Dubs.